This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. I'm Audrey Cooper, the editor-in-chief of the San Francisco Chronicle, and today fires are blazing around California, driven by fierce autumn winds. This weekend, we could see the most widespread power outages yet as PG&E attempts to stem potential disaster. As always, we have more reporters than any other outlet on the scene, sometimes risking their lives to get you the most accurate and up-to-date information. You can read all of our coverage and see the maps of where the fire is burning right now at sfchronicle.com wildfires. But we also have a lot of hardworking people that are working behind the scenes. And today I'm with one of our unsung heroes, Evan Wagstaff. Evan, welcome to the podcast studio. Great to be here, Audrey. Um, so... I don't think many people would know this, but you are single-handedly responsible for the most popular pieces of content that we have ever published on sfchronicle.com. Um, how does that make you feel? It's exciting. <laughs> it is exciting. What is it that you do here? So I work on some of the big projects that we work on, some of the enterprise journalism we work on, and some of these standing tools like the fire tracker, like the outage tracker that provide updates for readers who are just kind of wondering what's going on in their area. So you're the guy that builds the maps that everybody's clicking on to see if their houses are near the blackout zones and if the fire is getting close to people that they love. That's right. How do you do this magical stuff with the computers and things? Well, we have some great open source tools, which uh, if you need to read into that, that means we don't have to pay for them. So that's great. <laughs> that is very important from my point of view. <laughs> so we start there and we're using Leaflet, this open source tool to build on top of that these layers. Um, those layers include hotspots. So if you see the map, you see these little dots. Those are hotspots coming from NOAA that tell us um, where thermal energy is higher. Um, you might see some perimeters on there that's coming from um, some satellite imagery. And that won't tell you precisely where fires are, but it gives you a general idea. And you might see some places where those dots appear randomly. But when you see a, like a Kincaid fire, for example, you're going to see a high concentration and you can be pretty certain there's a fire going. So your job didn't really even exist in the newsroom six years ago, five years ago. And anytime I walk by your desk, it is uh, your screen does not have what everybody else's screen has on it, which is English. You are just dealing in code all day long. Um, how did you get into doing this? Yeah, I started my journalism career kind of expecting to be a print journalist. And then uh, just at the Berkeley J School, talked to a, a mentor of mine, Jeremy Rue, and he just showed me what was possible uh, with code and journalism. And it's Really exciting, kind of being on uh, just the cutting edge when news is breaking and you're trying to figure out what you can show readers to be most helpful. And I think uh, a lot of stories have a geographic element, which is why these maps are so popular. People want to know what's happening, where it is, and how close it is to them. 
Right. And we our fire trackers, our fire maps have changed a lot over the last couple of years. The first ones we did were kind of clunky. They took a really long time to load. You've been able to speed that up. And you do it, you know, you mentioned this already, but you do it by scraping data from all of these government sites. Um, does this exist anywhere else? Are you scraping more data than any other site that's available? I'd say a lot of folks are doing this kind of work. Um, it's becoming more popular. Um what we have is like a really interested audience in this kind of data. Uh, we have people coming back time and time again to the fire tracker. Um, I have to give extreme props to our former intern, Erica Yi, who um, after Cal Fire changed their site radically and we lost their RSS feed, which was giving us all our fire information. She built a new feed from Cal Fire data that was sending updates into Slack, which is the chat tool that we use. And uh, that is pretty much what powers the like editorial updates that happen to the fire tracker now. Yeah, that's a really good point because we are dependent on these government organizations keeping the information the same so that the information can be automated in real time. And when you're scraping several different agencies, they're not necessarily talking to each other to help us. So you're always looking at these feeds, making sure they don't go down which has actually been a problem with not the fire tracker yet today, knock on wood, mm -hmm. but the power outage tracker. Um, uh, uh, when the first PG&E blackouts happened, PG&E was having a lot of problems keeping their website up and our traffic skyrocketed because of your power tracker. What was so difficult about getting that data from PG&E? Well, they had a bunch of different sources, one of which was their map that went down pretty fast. Um, they still had some feeds running, which is how we were able to keep our map going. Um, throughout the day, their feeds started getting more and more, uh, had more and more instability. And so like we, the data was corrupted as it was coming into us. Exactly. And we had to learn to deal with that because we didn't want to download corrupted data and then put that on our map. Uh, we had to do a couple checks to make sure it, the data was what we expected it to be. Um, a couple times it would come to us almost like a half-formed data set, but it wouldn't have crucial information. So it really took some uh, adaptation on the fly to figure out how we were going to present our map. And then we got into a pretty good rhythm over the next couple of days, um, updating only what we needed to update, um, hitting them only as often as we needed to be hitting them, because I certainly feel for those poor engineers on the PG&E side who were struggling <laughs> to keep everything going. You know what that's like on the other side. I, I panicked for them, yeah. Yeah, well, it's really important for us, though, People expect us to have accurate information. So even if somebody is giving us inaccurate or bad information, they, they're still going to blame us. So exactly. I think on that first day, you worked something like 20 hours straight, maybe a little bit more. It was a late night. It was a late in an early morning, too. But it paid dividends because, of course, now we have another round of outages and we've got this map that works great. Yeah. Those um, those those maps are really important. Like right now, we have the Kincaid fire that's burning in Sonoma County. Two thousand people have been evacuated. Homes are burning. Um, wineries are being threatened. We're going to have another situation where we have smoke that's blowing down into the Bay Area. SFO is even talking about possibly being delayed. There's a lot of traffic coming on. Are you nervous that you're here with me in the podcast studio and not looking at your data feeds? A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> so what happens during a big fire like this? What's, what are you looking at exactly? Yeah. So during a big fire like this, we are glued to our feeds. We are making sure that the map has the most recent data available. We're looking for anything we can include on the map, um, road closures, um, shelter zones, anything we can add to add context and help our readers figure out where they need to be. 
Um, so we're constantly looking for that information. When it's a big news day for the office, it's a big news day for us too. Yeah, I, I think I've been up to you a few times saying there are there are streets that are closed. Can we put a map up like that? Because you know, naming a street name that's not very useful, but but maybe having it shown in a graphical way, people can can inform where how they can evacuate safely or where the fire might be the most acute. Evan, I know you have a lot of things that you're looking to improve in all of these trackers and, and continually uh, making them better and more useful for readers. And I, I want to talk to you about what is next for you after this break. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. We're back with Evan Wagstaff, our senior interactive developer, who is the genius behind our entire team that keeps our fire tracker, the power outage map, and uh, our air quality map, the car break-in map, all of these great maps going. You can read all about the coverage uh, of the wildfires right now by going to sfchronicle.com slash wildfires. So Evan, I know if I know anything about you, I know you are never completely happy with any of these trackers. So what is the next thing you want to add to it? Yeah, we've had a couple big improvements just this year. We, um, as you remember, we didn't have pages for individual fires before. We have pages now. So if you want to see exactly what's going on just with the Kincaid fire, you can go to that address. Um, our air quality page, like you mentioned, is new this year. So we're working on improving some of that. I think a lot of people will be clicking on that and uh, starting about you know, later on today and through the weekend when the smoke starts to waft into San Francisco and into the Bay Area, that will be very popular. I think when this podcast releases, we'll be right in the thick of it. Yeah, probably. What other uh, maps are, have you released this year? Uh, the outage map was probably the biggest deal this year just because it hit such a chord with everybody. Um, I think fear of losing power. A lot of people have lived with power outages, outages just being in California. I know... Um, just being in the East Bay, we've lost power occasionally throughout the year. But, you know, losing power for 36 hours, you have to start making big plans. And so a map that kind of tells you where that's going to happen and then tells you when it is happening is a big deal. Well, you also just this week, no, nobody noticed it because there's been so much breaking news. But we also have a housing map that you built. Well, tell us about what's on that map. Absolutely. Huge props to Audrey, Audrey de Bruyne. The who, other Audrey. The other Audrey right. who released the housing map. But, um, I mean, this is a classic map that belongs in California. Um, if you are wondering how housing prices have changed in the last six months, you need to check this thing out because it tells a really interesting story about where prices are going up. No surprise there, but where prices are going down. Imagine that. That would be, uh, that's crazy. That is well worth the price of a subscription, I would say. Oh, so, can I plug another yeah, map? Yeah, totally. It got totally blown off the radar from today's news. <laughs> um, we did the race to chase. And that published this morning. Um, so you can watch six of our reporters take different modes of transport to the Chase Center. Um, great map. Really fun time. If you want to come up for air from all this 
really sad fire news. <laughs> Literally come up for air. Yes. It is a great story. It's a lot of fun. Uh, this this coverage can be exhausting. And and you what basically what the reporters and the editors did is each one of them took a, a scooter or a bicycle or went on foot or a car to try to get to Chase Center. Uh, of course, you know, Thursday was the home opener for, for the Warriors. And uh, maybe we shouldn't tell everybody who won, but I think it was a little surprising. I was surprised. Yeah, I think you have to click to find the, the fastest way to get to uh, Chase. But it was, it was uh, it's definitely very cute. So what other improvements are in the works to make these maps more stable and more useful for people? Well, what I think would really work on these pages is um, we've been running some programs called Assignment Editors. And that's uh, kind of a widget we can put on a page to solicit information from people about what's going on around them. I think that has a huge role to play in something like a fire where people are evacuating, where people are worried of what's going to happen to them. Um, Just collecting people's stories that way, I think, is a really smart idea. Um, so I would love to see that on more of our pages. So I think there's a really tight integration we could make between those two. Yeah, tools. when when somebody uh, right now we have a an assignment editor tool up that says, "Are you affected by the Kincaid fire? Let us know about it." It's really easy to submit that to us. Uh, a reporter will almost certainly get back to you via email or call you, and we really want to have that interaction with our readers because, you know, we have 200 journalists in our newsroom, but there are infinite number of uh, potential people out there in harm way or dealing with these fires and um, having great sources that tell us what's going on in the ground is really critical in moments like this. And one of the the coolest uh, videos we got from the, the fire tornado um, a couple of years back, that came from a, um, a reader on the ground just taking a video of the fire tornado. So that's the kind of thing like folks are on the ground, they're seeing these crazy sites and like if they want to share that with the Chronicle, that's a great way to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else you want to say about uh, your life as a developer in our newsroom and these trackers? Well, I think if you want to send me some data tips, uh, my email is evan, E-V-A-N dot Wagstaff, W-A-G-S-T-A-F-F at sfchronicle.com. Send me your data tips because um, I would love to put more things on maps. I would love to do a little data investigation. So uh, hit me up. Yeah, there's a lot of data coming out from government uh, organizations, satellite information. There's a lot of information out there and we can distill it and make it really useful for people because of people like you and all the developers on your team. So thanks a lot for being here, Evan. Well, thank you, Andre. Thank you to our lead interactive developer, Evan Wagstaff, for being with me today. As always, you get the latest information on the power outages and the wildfires at sfchronicle.com. Thanks to King Kaufman for producing this episode, and thank you for listening. Fifth and Mission is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. If you like this show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. And if you've got a minute to give us a quick review, that helps us build our audience so we can keep growing. You can support Fifth and Mission and the newsroom that creates it with a subscription to the San Francisco Chronicle. There are print and digital editions. Find out more at sfchronicle.com slash subscribe.